with the first jewel claim. Oh, it's a photo of the Derby! Mystics and... The race for the Triple Crown erupts into an epic party. The Preakness Stakes, May 18th on NBC and Peacock. At the theater, more than the movies come to life, movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. I don't think Dad would argue. I was a, I was a pretty good student growing up. Stop right there, yeah. Phil. Yeah. It's the second time I've heard that. <laughs> Can you yeah, confirm? Listen, that, that that is true. He was a good student. Student. It was easy for him growing up. But he was also it was also true. The older he got, the worse he got. The emphasis on was. was. He was. was. Yes. A good student. Yes. I will. I could turn it on still whenever I wanted to. I don't <laughs> you know. still don't believe it? Exactly. Do you not think the big fucker would love to tell you that I was lying there and he would? True. On me. True. Good point. He, he gave me one incentive my my seventh grade year in middle school, right? Middle school in Jersey was seventh and eighth grade. He goes, um, you know, I don't even know how it came up, but he, he basically made a bet with me. Like, if you get straight A's for the first half of the year, I'll take you to a game in Chicago to watch Michael Jordan Incentivized play. you. What? Yeah. That was the greatest schooling showing I ever had. It was straight A's across the board. Yeah. Went and watched Michael Jordan play against Shaquille O'Neal his rookie year with the Magic, him and Anthony Hardaway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Michael scored 69 that night. Wow. Yes. Nice. Yes, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, so that was my Michael Jordan moment. I don't know why I'm bringing it up, but <laughs> anyways. What well up? Done. Paul Burmeister. How you doing? Chris Sims. Uh, we're going to get into it today. You know it is what the fuck happened, okay? We will be hitting that segment. A number of different plays throughout Chiefs, Raiders, uh, Browns, all of those type of plays, Steelers, Colts, Chargers, Lions. We'll get into all of it. Uh, and let's see. I don't know about my father. We're going to see. It's going to be a game-time decision. He's going to text me. He was about to full-fledged be on, okay? And Family I, emergency. My sister drug him to the doctor's <laughs> office with her little boy, and now he's there. So yeah. we'll see if he calls in. I don't know. I can't promise it. Right. But let's get after business. Let's do it. Oh, also – how could I forget yeah, my own quarterback yeah, rankings? Yeah. We did the top Looking 16. Right at him. And that's why we wanted to have Big Phil on today because he was going to sit there and kind of react to the quarterback rankings. Uh, I don't know if he's seen them. But or we'll heard do that with yet. or without Dad. Yeah, we're going to do that with or without Big yep. Phil. We'll see where that goes. Uh, but let's start it off for what the fuck happened. It's the new craze on the internet. Could be. It could be. Chiefs-Vikings. Yeah, Chiefs-Vikings. All right, a number of good, good things to get to on this game. Yes. I think as it relates to the segment title, we're getting to the 91-yard touchdown run. That's right. From Damian Williams. Yep. Th this fits perfectly because, first of all, any kind of touchdown run over 80 yards or 90 yards is so rare, it should be in this segment. But the fact that he literally wasn't touched. Right. I think Harrison Smith might have, if you slow maybe, it down, might have touched his foot right. as he ran by. So how did he go 91 yards 
untouched for a touchdown. Yeah, well, uh, certainly a huge play in the game because I, I do think at that moment the Vikings had swung momentum in their favor uh, to where, yeah, you were feeling like, okay, I think the Vikings have settled in against Matt Moore and company and everything should be okay. They're up 16-10. to 10. They got them pinned back in their own area once again. They basically ran inside zone to the left side, okay? Uh, the tight end, it was a two tight end set. Mm -hmm. The tight end on the left side did the old go behind the line of scrimmage, right? He didn't line up on the line of scrimmage. He was like a foot off, right? So where they're going to hand it off to the left, he's going to go backside and kick out the backside defense end or linebacker who's ever there. Now here's the problem, and here's where it goes wrong for Minnesota. This is where you have to be careful about playing man-to-man -man because now, now that – Harrison Smith is man-to-man -man on that tight end that's going to go behind the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. Well, he ends up being responsible for the gap, right, that the ball gets run in. And right. to you just said, he barely touched him. And people might look at Harrison Smith and go, oh, come on, how, you know, he's, oh, he's got to make that tackle. No, he, he, you'd like him to make that tackle. Is it realistic to make it, ask him to make that tackle? I don't think it is. Well, he was kind of out of position because if I remember it right, well, he's following he the had guy. to follow the tight end. Right, he's so playing he's man running. to man. So yeah. he doesn't know if the guy's going to come out the back door for a bootleg or if right. he's run blocking at that point. So he ran into the box right. and just all of a sudden here's his back untouched. Yes. So it looked like, like if you froze it, it looked like, how did that guy not make the tackle? Yes. If you watch the entire play live, he was in a bad spot. In a bad spot. And to me, that goes more on Mike Zimmer and the defensive coaching right. staff. And, again, they're, they're really good and they're really well coached on that side of the ball, and they very rarely make these type of mistakes. But they did get into a man-to-man -man situation, and this is the scary thing about playing man-to-man -man against really good running teams. Something Bill Belichick's going to learn about Baltimore the next time he plays him. He's going to go, you know what? I can't play as much man-to-man because -man they had us crossing everywhere and guys going everywhere to where we lost run fits and things like right. that. And that's what happens when teams get into those type of sets where, you know, yeah, like you said, all right, so let's just try to paint the picture. Everybody's kind of – there's two tight ends. Kelsey's the tight end to the right. 81's the tight end to the left. I'm blanking on his name. doesn't really matter. But Kelsey kind of releases out to the right, right, to take away one guy. Now the tight end comes back and blocks the defensive end on that side, all right? And Blake Bell is a tight end, excuse me. So, the, so the, the Blake Bell, 81, comes backside, blacks that backside defense end. Well, now an extra gap forms, right, mm -hmm. because the tight end's there. And that's where Harrison Smith's uh, now responsible for that gap. But that's a very hard ask of a player in that. Like, right. oh, hey, we would like you to sprint across the formation, yeah. cover a man-to-man. -man. Right. Oh, and, and if you see the run, we'd like you to stop right in your right. tracks, break down, and have to tackle a freaky, freaky fast, strong running back in space. Yes. And it was just, the space was too big. He and, couldn't do it. And think about what's happening to him in that, in that moment. Just like we talked about, he was following the tight end. He doesn't know where the tight end is going to end up. All of a sudden, the ball snapped. So he's wondering what the tight end is doing. Exactly. And he's seeing the line move to one side. He didn't see the back until he cut back the no, other side. No, it's too late. He's honed in on his responsibility, which is that tight end like you're talking right. about. Right. And so then my big question when I watched it, yeah. Good job saying you know, what happened to the defense and why Harrison Smith was out of position. Yeah. Do you think it was planned for him to cut back? 
Uh, I well, I think on those type of plays, there's always some coaching points that are talked about to cut back. He knows there's a possibility to cut back. He's going to press it like a running backs coach or or an offensive coordinator. Tell you press the hole, press the front yep. side. And what he's really reading is like the backside linebacker, just to see is he being too aggressive. Is there somebody that's going like in this case, it was Michael Kendricks who was really the only linebacker in the middle because Anthony Barr had gone to the weak side right. uh, at the end of the line of scrimmage. So. Now he just sees him. If he just goes, ooh, he looks like he's playing it too aggressive, his bright lights got on to go, let me see if the cutback's there. And it was there, and then he makes it happen. So it's a big – it's not necessarily designed there, but it's talked about a lot to be, to be aware of the cutback, especially with inside-outside zone. Right. Yeah, and you keep your eyes on aggressive linebackers. And Minnesota's an over-aggressive defense. They're mm-hmm. fast. They're athletic. You know, they're smart. They diagnose plays – almost too quickly to a detriment at times so where they like can get over there and go oh damn I'm over here but right. I've, I've, I've committed myself so far now I can't get there to make the tackle on the cutback run right so ultimately that's what happened and again those are plays I look at and I'm sure like PFF gave Harrison Smith a bad grade because he missed a tackle and I want to just go no Mike Zimmer deserves that bad grade that's not realistic you know go back to like Anthony Barr having to cover Robert Woods 40 yards downfield last year in a Thursday night football game, and people right. were roasting Anthony Barr on on TV and on the on social media. And I went, no, no, no. Bill Belichick would never have Dante Hightower covering Robert Woods right. 40 yards downfield. That's when you got to question. Oh wait, was that realistic of the coaching to ask the player to perform mm-hmm. there in that situation and put him in that tough a situation? And I think that was too tough to ask any really safety to to come through in that in that moment. I think it's a little foreign to what he normally does as well because these safeties, especially the ones who are good like Harrison Smith, if they're 10, 12 yards off the ball and a running back somehow comes through the line of linebackers untouched, sometimes you know they have to make a tackle like that, and that's somewhat familiar to them. Yes. That position is difficult as it is. He doesn't often have to do that three yards off the ball. Exactly. So he was, he was not only out of position for what a defense is asking someone to do to make a tackle like that, he was out of position for – tackling a wide open or a running free running back because he's normally much further off the ball and I think his body or mind are used to to making a difficult tackle in that spot. Yeah, makes sense? Yeah, it does make sense. It's just it's it's tough. Like here, let's let's like look let's watch the play together on coach's film here. I mean just to, to, to paint the picture so we could do it. Like this is not easy. So here's the play from the end zone, everybody. We're looking at it. It's an eight-man front. You know, you can see here, there's Anthony Barr going down over Travis Kelsey. Okay, it's man-to-man. So they're trying to bring five people. The defense, the defense alignment all slant to the left, right? He sees the linebacker front side, so he's already alert. Kendricks is strong to the left already, so he's alert that the cutback might be there from the get-go. And Harrison Smith had followed Kelsey so far across the formation. Yes, not Kelsey, but the uh, 81, 81, that tight end, yes. He, he wasn't even – Bell. Right, there yeah. you go, Bell. Right. Um, he wasn't even in as good a position as I thought he was mm-hmm. originally. He was – he was kind of over the tackle and had to come back up the middle. Right, and it's, and it's a gap at that point where we're going, oh, Harrison Smith's in the gap. Yeah, but the gap is like 9 to 10 yards yeah, wide. So right. I don't care who you are. You can bring Ronnie Lott back from playing. You can bring Ed Reed and Troy Palomalu. They were not going to make that tackle. And that was the issue with the game and one of the biggest plays of the game. You know, just to hit on the game in general, um, I would say this. With Minnesota, hey, their defense is really good. I know a lot of people put like – put 
you know, on Kirk Cousins. Oh, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins didn't come through in the big game. Big, well, Kirk, Kirk Cousins didn't play his best game. I thought he played okay. He did. He played yeah, good. He played fine. He played good. He, played he didn't play great like he had the four to five weeks before right. that. It was a level before what they had in October when they were scoring over 30 points a game. Exactly. And his numbers were completely ridiculous. He right. came back to earth, but it wasn't like what the Chargers did to the Packers or Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't no, three it wasn't levels below normal. Like that. He no, played right. fine. He did. And I, what I saw yeah. watching that, yeah. that tape, the signature plays that Kirk Cousins had been having, the fake the reach, boot way back around, have some place to go with yep. it. It wasn't the pass rush that got to him. It looked like he set up and had nowhere to go with the ball. I'm like, this is what I want to ask Chris. Yeah. The rush didn't get him. He wasn't flustered. Nice multi-pass. My, my dad is talking to your he's dad. Gonna, he's going to be on, so he's just telling okay. me he's going to be home in like five to ten minutes. You tell, so, you, okay, yeah. so but go ahead. Keep so he's invited because I like where you're going with this. Okay, this so is what we're going to talk about. I the like bread it. and butter, what right. had been working so well for them. Right. Picture it, the fake, the reach. You boot way back around. Exactly. You set up. He's looking. Nothing's there. Yes. He wasn't so much in trouble from the rush. He wasn't seeing anything. So you look at the points scored. Right. You look at his numbers way down. Right. What was it if it wasn't the front seven getting after him? Yeah, well, I, I mean, they were, first off, Kansas City continues to get better on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the Minnesota Vikings. Like, their formula is good, but it's not like they've reinvented the wheel. Right. It's a simple formula that works. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run some bootlegs off of it and some play actions off it and throw some screens here and there, and that's really all they do. And every now and then, we, when we get one-on-one, we're just going to let, you know, Stefan Diggs or Thielen work right. and let them win one-on-one, and hopefully Cousins can hit them. Yeah. Uh, so, but the big thing is, okay, yes, they were ready for the bootleg game constantly the backside defense ends very rarely crash down to over pursue on the run game and dalvin cook and part of that is i like this about kansas city and again i really liked what i'm seeing from kansas city's defense for about four weeks in a row now they have changed they really have they changed the most well they're definitely more aggressive creative showing more disguises in the past game and one of the things they did in this game First off, Chris Jones was back. Mm -hmm. Chris Jones is a beast. He's one of the best defensive linemen in football. So to have him back. But what they did is they got big. And when they got big, Chris Jones played defensive end. He's 315 pounds. He played defensive end this game. And then they had 99, Kalen Sanders, as a D-tackle. And Nandi, 91, as a D-tackle. So there's like over – that's almost 1,000 pounds and three guys on your defensive line. And then number 92, who I can't say his name, but I'm going to pr- try to pronounce this, Tanoa <laughs> Kasapanganan. Okay? <laughs> I, that was probably horrible. He is 6'7", 290. Jeez. So he's playing the backside. Yeah. So they were they – were, they felt comfortable about, hey – Let's put big people up there. Let's try to stop the run with them and maybe not ask our linebackers in the backside defense end to play it so over-aggressive that we have to put everybody there to stop the run to where we, we, we've watched it on film. Everybody getting beat by these right. bootlegs. So they'll left them in some good positions to stop that more times than not. And that's, that's how the front seven stopped the run, which is huge yes. against Dalvin Cook right. and the Vikings. Right. But there must have been something in the back end, whether it's the disguising causing the, the hesitation from Cousins or or maybe Minnesota's receivers were just covered. Well, there was something Thielen beyond the wasn't front there. seven. Thielen wasn't there. So yeah. let's take that into account before we all bash Kirk Cousins, too. I mean, this is one of the best players. He's not there, right? Yeah. So that hurt them. But I do think Steve Spagnuolo's coaching, especially with the linebackers and safeties, they were all over, okay, 
Yeah, we see the run game, but they were looking, they were dialed up for crossers coming yeah. back for the bootleg to where anytime Kirk Cousins kind of pulled pulled off and, okay, here comes the bootleg out the back door, man, the linebackers were running stride for stride with the crossing route that was there. Or the linebacker safety had come down on the weak side to take the guy who sneaks out of the backfield and into the flat. They always had guys there for that. So that was really, I thought, the best thing they did all day long. So uh, it's disguising. It's smart game planning. It's good coaching. It's playing the right coverages into those type of things. They did all of that. And, I I mean, Steve Spagnuolo, I think, has been phenomenal the last few weeks. The Kansas City defense has really turned the corner. I don't think they're going to be the pushover we saw early in the year anymore. I I don't think so. so that was an interesting part of the game. And then just to further along with that just a little bit, like, yeah, Kirk Cousins, there was – did he miss two deep throws? Okay, yes, he did. I, I, but I could show you a lot of quarterbacks who missed two deep throws on yeah. Sunday. We, we yeah. overanalyze with certain guys. Yep. Like, it, it didn't just come down to that. You know, the, the game plan in general I thought lacked a little creativity in Minnesota. We've heard the bootleg in the run game makes mm-hmm. them work. When you take that away – their drop-back pass game is not like something I'm going, whoa, right. this is like the greatest show on turf. They're doing mm-hmm. crazy stuff here. No, it's pretty basic. So I don't think they can necessarily rely on that all the time and without dealing to play matchup football. And I'll say this. There was maybe two or three throws where Kirk Cousins, I wish would have came out aggressive. I think he, he dropped back and he had made up his mind like, ooh, this coverage looks soft, so I'm going to go throw to the check down guy mm-hmm. in the flat. And I wanted to go, ooh, no. Stefan Diggs was open for, like, the 25-yard right. corner route. And he, he'd been hitting he'd those been all in really, October. He, yes. He had – I mean, part of I – mean, if you're 78% for a month, that's right. fantastic. Right. But they weren't checkdowns. I mean, he, he was aggressive That's in the, the degree games. of difficulty of his throws yeah. in the month of October are tens out right. of tens. That's yes. how – you're right. And that's what they ask of him. And he has. He's delivered. I wonder why he came off of that. Yeah, I don't know. Is you know, and again, not having feeling have that much to do with maybe? it? Maybe. Hey, that's what also, hey, playing on the playing on the road in mm-hmm. a loud stadium. It's cold. It was the windy. ball's drive. It's it a little windy. windy yeah. Right. All those things. You know, that plays the game can speed up or it just seems like it's a little chaotic when eighty thousand people are wishing bad things on you. Right. You know, and I just think there was a few times where He's on the road, and he's going, oh, we're kind of controlling the game. They're backup quarterback. I think that could play into it. I don't need to take a stupid chance here. Mm-hmm. We should win this game as is. I mean, yeah. they are missing their best player, mm-hmm. right? So that's where I just – I get bothered by the Kirk Cousins stuff at times. Yeah. Because I want to go, wait, 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 this defense that's top ten in football, I mean, they were allowed to not let the Chiefs get two field goals in the last two minutes and 30 seconds of the game. I mean, right. I checked the rule book. They were yeah. allowed to stop them. Yeah. So, you know, Kirk Cousins wasn't out there then. Right. That bothers me that all the time. And then, oh, so, hey, oh, I thought Dalvin Cook was awesome. Why couldn't he run the ball? Well, right. there's no holes. But, I mean, we just, we just blame the quarterback sometime, and that bothers me. I, I, I completely agree. I want to hit Matt more quickly. Yeah. I just want to Let's do it. make this statement. It, do. If I said he – he managed the game well. Yeah. He, he played the role of game manager well. Right. Is that a compliment or is that kind of a put down to him? I, I, I don't think that's a – I think that's a compliment. And I say it as a compliment. Yeah. I, I'm glad you feel the I way. I do too. I feel the same way. I don't know if you and I have ever talked about that term game yeah, manager. Yeah, no, I have no problem I, I with that. I thought he did it really well. Really and well. the reason I bring it up is yeah. because people say, oh, just manage the game. Like it's something you can just turn the key and anybody can do it. Yeah, right, Any right. backup quarterback right. can do it. Yeah, right. right. Just execute the offense and, and don't turn the ball over. Right. And, and make all the right reads all the day. Yeah, it's, it's not a lot harder than said. And yes. he, was, he, was, he was good a lot more than he was bad for most of the game. Yep. And then in the end, 
those two completions in the final minute to get those 30 yards, to get them within field goal range. Where I mean, when you are big in a big moment as yep. a backup quarterback like that, yeah. I mean, that's a compliment. He managed the game well. And from me, that means you did well. Yes. I just wanted to know what, what you thought of that, of that term because people use it so often when they're kind of putting down a backup. Right, right. yes. No, it's It's a nice step up to earn that compliment. Definitely is. And if your team plays well around you, more times or not, you can win football games that way. Right. You know, and that's what he's doing. He is. He's managing the game. And then Andy Reid, and where their offense has changed a little bit, there's a little more two tight end sets. There's a little bit more max protection, max protection, play action passes. Right. Let's just send two or three guys out, make yep. it simple in this guy. He was coaching a high school football team at the end of August. And one of their touchdowns right. was, you know, blocking with seven or eight guys. Definitely. So, yep. I mean, there's a, there's a handful of plays throughout the game where, you know, and I even broke it down in my, in my, in my, um, in my notes a little bit. I just, you know, it's, it's, High percentage, short dropback passes, a a little bit of running, and then when they want to take a chunk play, they go, "Let's keep six or let's keep seven guys in the block, and let's Tyreek and Sammy Watkins work it downfield." And he's been making the proper throws and Mm -hmm. making some big time throws with it too. Yeah, Uh, and. Really, it's something I hope they continue to do when Patrick Mahomes gets in help him more that way. Well, man, I mean, play action with Patrick Mahomes' arm, and you could let Tyreek Hill go down and forget double moves. He could do triple moves. (laughs) I mean, he could do post-corner post or corner post-corner. I mean, he can do things like that where you just go, hey, we got to protect it. Mahomes, just sit back there and pat the ball and let one go 65, 70 yards. Let's see what happens. That'll back a defense off in a hurry. They're going to go, whoa, okay, safety. You need to drop back a little bit. Right. Um, last thing I'll say about this game. Yep. Two things with Minnesota. I worry about their defensive depth. This is an ongoing thing for two or three years for me now. You know, they're front seven. They want to play nickel the whole game. Anthony Barr and Kendricks play linebacker the whole game. They, almost, they don't ever get to come out. Their front four, they have three defense ends and three defensive tackles. Right. And I just worry that – like we've seen, they can get worn out towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And if they play teams that have the ball a lot, they can get worn out in games. And I'm just saying, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys this week, yeah. I'm, I'm hurry up offense. Hurry up offense. The, I'm taking a, a, a playbook from what I saw the New England Patriots do to Baltimore last week or what New England used to do to Pittsburgh uh, all those years when they went, man, their front seven's really good. Mm-hmm. We, I, let's tire them out. I don't know what we can't block these fuckers every time, so right. let's just tire their asses out yeah. and let's run like let's try to run forty something plays in the first half. So then in the third quarter they're dead and we can just dice them up. I, I would do some of that if I'm playing the Minnesota Vikings because I think it is one of the flaws of their football. They team. look tired at the end of the game. Yeah, maybe? I just yeah I, they do. And the last two years specifically, I thought they've looked tired at the end of the year. And some of their sack production and stuff like that shows at the end of the year. That all falls off because I think they're asked to play too many snaps. All right, part two. Part two. Part two of what the fuck happened. Raiders 31, Lions 24. Yep. Raiders goal line stand at the end of the game. Remember the Lions worked it down there. They got it to fourth and, you call it one or fourth and two. Right. They'd been in the three previous downs. They'd been in shotgun. Empty backfield, three, four wides, kind of like a formation you'd be in if you're at the plus 40 or negative 40. Right. Then on that fourth and a little more than one, they go tight, they go under center, Yep. they go wide backfield, Yep. and the Raiders had it snuffed out. Snuffed out. What would you think of that play? I mean, I hate the play. I mean, I think the, the conversation where I want to start with there more than anything, all right, is they had a fourth and two on the goal line in the first half. Mm-hmm. They spread the field out, and guess what happened? 
Matt Stafford threw a touchdown on fourth and two. Like, so to me, the biggest thing there is you're handicapping your team right off the bat and really handicapping, handi- handicapping, handic- handicapping. They're hamstrung. Hamstrunging, <laughs> hamstrunging their own quarterback, though, and his talents. Okay. By Matt's, doing what? By getting it under center? Yeah, know? by getting under center and faking the ball to a running back that they haven't run the ball all day. But you're in that tight. Isn't the defense worried that you might run it Maybe, fourth and one and a half? Sure, yes. But I'd still rather go down with my best players, and that's Matthew Stafford in the shotgun, and then there's no Marvin Jones or Kenny Galladay on the field yeah. against the secondary in Oakland where I just go, You do like eh. a quarterback under center? I do like a quarterback under center. So he can go play action, I, I, which he did. I do, but not necessarily in the one-yard line. You hear me about play action more and more in the middle of the field. I'm not talking about like play action at the one yard line. Yeah. Listen, I don't think Oakland at any moment believed they were going to run the ball, right? I think they went, well, they're not stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Gruden, I guarantee, was like, they're going to let Stafford throw it. I don't care what formation. Just be ready for Stafford to make the throw. And they outthought themselves, I think, in this one. I mean, to me, Oakland doesn't have a good pass rush. Mm-hmm. You force their hands, you get in the shotgun, whether you want it to be empty or have a back next to you, yep. fine. But the way Stafford had played all day was phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal. I mean, it was out of this world good. And then um, the fact that we're just talking about that they don't have a great pass rush, they're not great in the secondary. Yeah, I would have just leaned on going down with my best player. Hey, Mm -hmm. listen, if they had Kerryon Johnson in there and they had success running the ball throughout the day, I would have gone, oh, I get it. But their stats were what? Like, I'm going to pull it up right here real quick just so I could talk to it. I mean – McKissick had four rushes for 32 yards. Yeah. You know, Johnson had nine rushes for 29 yards. The Raiders weren't like, oh, my gosh, we have to stop McKissick down the middle mm-hmm. uh, or any of that. So I just did not agree with – yeah, I did not agree with the play yeah. call. That, I didn't have as much a problem with the play call. Yeah. You make a good case there. Yeah. I thought the Raiders, after watching it a few times, they just played the hell out of that play. You, they mean, did. Nobody was open. Nobody was open. The run wouldn't have been there. No. Tight end coming from from the front side to the back of the end zone. The yep. one coming underneath, they, they were both covered. They you know, were all blanketed. Over. Right. Stafford didn't have time. They stacked the middle of the line there where they had a bunch of people. They had like five D linemen all in between the defensive tackles. So you're mm-hmm. right. They were going to stop the run. And then they probably told like the guys on the edge and man-to-man, don't peek in the backfield. I mean, don't peek. If he runs out there and they yeah. end up running out there, then so be it. But we're not going to get beat by the old okey-doke. Oh, I right. looked in the backfield, and now I forgot that my tight end ran out be- behind me for a touchdown. Uh, so that's where I just didn't do- agree with it. But let me just say this one more time. Man, Matt Stafford is playing some football this year. You're just teasing your quarterback. But I, yeah, I know, gonna, yeah, he's up there. He's in shock the top some ten. Yeah. I know. You're because just getting out in front of that. It, well, it's been phenomenal all year long. All year long. I mean, they are not very good at defense. You know, Carryon Johnson's out, and the running game wasn't special this year. It's gotten back to like, hey, hey, Stafford, can you carry us again? And he's making phenomenal plays. And the degree of difficulty of throws, once again, like we just talked with Kirk Cousins. I'm going to go, man, they're off the Richter scale yeah. sometimes. Like I, some of the throws he makes, I go, there's only like three or four quarterbacks in football that could do this. Right. You know, but I know nobody wants to buy in because it's he's only won, he's never won a playoff game. And, you know, Detroit, like it's just like it's always the same talk. Okay, yeah, Detroit, right. that doesn't mean Matthew Stafford is, right. I mean, he's fucking a ball. You've always, you've always said, and we, we, I was sitting here when you ranked the quarterbacks in the offseason that you don't care much about stats, right? Or as much as most people, the wins and losses don't mean a lot to you. And where you have 
Matt Stafford ranked, and he's in the top ten. He is. We'll get to the specifics yes. later. Uh, is putting your money where your mouth is with yep. this one because his team doesn't even have a winning record right now, and he's holding some pretty good real estate there. So he he definitely is. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Next play. Next yeah. play we're wondering about Broncos. And, yep. 24 Browns 19. Right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be totally transparent here. Yeah. I didn't watch this play yet, so we're gonna watch this together. Okay. Good. We're gonna watch it together. So I went through a bunch of other film, and I forgot to watch this one. I just looked at the rundown and went, oh, shit, I forgot to watch this play. It's the Browns failed fourth and four yep. on the final drive. Want me to run through what I saw, and then you can tell me if it's correct or yeah, not? Yeah, let's do okay. that. Let me text my dad. Oh, uh, all right, Pete, when should I tell? We'll call my dad in what, five minutes, ten minutes? Ten all right, minutes. call you in ten minutes. Pete knows. He's like, there's no way these two aren't capable of a five-minute conversation. <laughs> it's going to be ten. <laughs> okay, Let's back up. I yep. don't remember what the game was, Chris, but we, we, were, we broke down a Baker play in the end zone that got picked off where he kind of threw it late. I thought he took five steps. Oh, yeah. He, it was the, uh, it was the Seahawks game. Yeah. He threw yeah. Just the post to the yeah. right side. Right. I thought he threw it just, just a little bit late because of his footwork. Right. Okay, so on this play here, don't cheat. All right. Don't cheat. Okay. Don't I, won't. I won't. Go ahead. We agree that I, I would give my evaluation before yes, you watch Yes, I it. like this. This is fun, actually. Okay, so he looks to Jarvis Landry. Jarvis uh, lines up in kind of a uh, tight tandem formation with another receiver. Yes. The receiver. The Antonio Callaway to the right. A stacked thank receiver. You. Yes. Yeah. Right. Runs a seam or deep in behind him, and he runs a drive route behind it. Yeah. And I think he is open right when he's supposed to be open. Gotcha. Beyond the line to gain. Okay. And nothing is easy. I hate saying an easy throw, but the kind of throw you're looking for in practice. The like, kind this of is throw how you it's would supposed think to work. your first pick of the draft yes. would make is what you're going to say. Before I come yeah. down too hard on him, yeah. I never know what Baker was told about this play. Sure. Because he looks to his left to a back. Yeah. He thought he was going to get the back on some kind of flare route to be open, and he wasn't open. Right. So he looked at him just a little bit too long, came back to Jarvis about right. a counter two too late, yeah. and missed that little window gotcha. where he was open on right the drive Right away, route. I haven't even seen the play, but yeah. I'm guessing he looks at the back route because he's trying to open up the hole in the middle of the field a little bit. It looks it too me, long maybe, but we'll see. It I'll looked see. to me like he was looking at him like he was legitimately hoping to throw to him. Right, okay. Whether that was his pre-snap read or what yep. he was told before, yep. it, it forced him to come back too late. To when Jarvis was open. Yep. Okay. I'm. I'm really. I like doing That's it my this read. way. I, maybe I should do this more often. I can figure out what the fuck happened right okay. here live on the podcast. So, so I'm. I'm interested too. And like I said, I totally forgot to watch this. All right. So it's a watch it like you're doing radio call because most people at home can't. Yep. See. It's a four all down right. front. All right. There's two linebackers. They're in nickel. All right. At the snap, it looks like they're going to be in some sort of two deep shell. The weak side linebacker gets up to the line of scrimmage over the guard. So it basically becomes a five man rush. Right. That's what we got here. And to your point, it does not stay a two deep shell. They decide to play. They decide to play basically one robber. They're going to no, they're playing straight up man. They're no, man. it's not even robber. Man, it's yeah. man to man. So, he is at this point, I think he's hoping that the back, yes, is maybe going to be open on a little bit of a wheel route here. Now, to say that, this is this is where I'm already confused. He's looking over there, and he's got it. See, he must never see the safeties. That's what that's is what I'm going to come to the conclusion of. So his his pre-snap read was not. His pre-snap read is probably wrong because if you're looking over there too at the wheel route, you would think your eyes would next go to the guy that's the best player on your offense, which is number 13, who does a little inside jab step on Chris Harris Jr. and he's gone. He's got Chris Harris Jr. beat at the top by. At least a solid, what, foot and a half, maybe more? Uh, he's, yeah. He's got a beat, regardless. That's beat. That is beat. 
Yes. A little bit. That's B. When the ball goes in the air, he's going to go to another gear, and he's got it. It's not nearly but, as easy to throw as that right But to there. your point, you're exactly right. I don't know why he wouldn't go there, especially when you see the weak, weak side linebacker that we just talked about who's in the line of scrimmage. There's nobody in the middle of the field, mm -hmm. right? I mean, Chris Terrace Jr. is taking Odell Beckham Jr., uh, this safety here is taking in, uh, the tight end, or no, he's taking the back, coming out of the backfield. You have another safety matched up on the tight end over the middle of the field. Uh, you got a corner taking Antonio Galloway, Antonio Callaway, who's running like a deep in cut. But Jarvis Landry is coming underneath on a slant route. It's very similar to Seattle Super Bowl play. Mm -hmm. This is what they're basically doing. And you Seattle Super Bowl play where it gets picked off by Malcolm Butler. Right. It's the same type of thing. Mm -hmm. the, it's a stack alignment on the right side, and the, the first receiver, Antonio Callaway, is just going to run straight because, because with Jarvis Landry on his outside to his right, now the corner that's covering Jarvis Landry has to come through Antonio Callaway and that corner to get to the play. So the pre-snap read would be all the way, I would think, at this point, yeah to throw the ball right over the middle to Jarvis Landry. But yeah. you're right. He gets fixated on the back, and I don't know why he would get fixated on it there. There's nothing to me that would say, oh, I'm going to get the back here all the way, and this is going to be easy. But he stays with him just long enough to lead me to believe it wasn't just a look-off. Like, he, he thought that was where he was going to I, I totally agree. He's, he stayed to it thinking, I'm going to be able to hit this guy for the first down to keep this drive going. And he's totally wrong. And then within that – he takes another little extra little shuffle step as he's gathering himself to throw to Jarvis Landry, who it's too late now. Yep. Like the guy that's covering a man-to-man -man has gotten through the trash. Mm -hmm. The guy covering the tight end over the middle of the field sees his eyes. So right. he goes, oh, he's about to throw to this guy. The hell with my guy. And now it becomes a bam-bam play with two people smashing Jarvis Landry right at the last second. Let's right. watch the end zone clip of it. But you're right. He looks to the left. Looks like he's looking at the back. He never really looks at Odell Beckham Jr. at any at any point. And never really gets his feet set on. Never gets his feet set. His feet are all hoppy and jumpy and everything. And he throws a ball where his feet aren't set, and he just tries to muscle it in there with his arm, and he almost gets it in there. But because he's way too late, like you said, that is why they lose the game. All the things... See, this is just tells me the game's moving too fast for Baker Mayfield right now. He's a little bit in his own head and not seeing things clearly. Because as a quarterback, as you know, mm -hmm. as you're getting ready, blue 85, blue 85, your eyes are on the safeties at that point all the way. You know, you're, you're going, okay, you know, okay, here's my protection. All right, I know if this guy comes, I might have to throw hot. But you're going to kind of have a feel for that just through peripheral vision as you're getting the snap. Your eyes should be on those safeties in front of you. And they make it clear as day that they're coming down to play man-to-man -man before he snaps the ball. Right. You know, they're trying to show too deep. And then as he's at, like, blue 85, blue 85, set, they start to come down. You're going to go, ooh, it's man-to-man. -man. And, the, and the, the weak side linebacker's blitzing. Let me go over here to my quick slant on the right that, like you said, if he hits that on timing and rhythm – this is an easy completion. Right, easy. Yeah. I mean, right. maybe he makes a guy miss and gets a few more yards after that. But Jarvis Landry basically has to stop because now he's running into somebody else's territory. And he's like, wait, wait, I, I was supposed to get the ball already. Yeah. So let me pull up here before I cover somebody else up on my own team. 
and that's where it becomes a disaster. And every quarterback is allowed a, 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 sure. a few bad decisions, a few bad throws. Yes. We're never going to kill a guy for that. No. The only thing that, that uh, if it crosses into being bothered by it, is this is two times we've spent time on a crucial play oh. for the Browns, winning or losing probably. Yeah. A month apart. Uh -huh. And the details are different, but the bottom line is the same. It is. Somebody was open. He's late. It's the theme of the Browns. It's, it's when they make mistakes, they're making horrible mistakes. It's not just like, oh, they made a mistake there. It's like, oh, we turned the ball over three plays in a row mm -hmm. against the Patriots. Oh, I threw three interceptions three plays in a row against the Titans to start the year. Or, oh, it's one second-half turnover after another against the Seahawks when you're kind of controlling the game throughout and you have control of the game, and, you know, you get stopped on a fourth and one, and Nick Chubb fumbles, and Baker throws a stupid interception late in the end zone to what you're talking about. That's their big thing. I mean, like, in a lot of their games, if we just went plus-minus grades for each play, I would go, the Browns won more plays than the teams they played against. But when they lose a play, they're losing it egregiously bad, and that's leading to disaster plays and big moments. Hey, the Rams game. Fourth and nine, he checked to a draw. That's right. Remember? Let's yeah. not forget about that. Mm -hmm. And and Freddie Kitchens is on the sideline going, what? as soon as the play runs, he looks at him and is like, goes, I believe, and I'm not an expert rip leader, rip, lip reader, I believe he went, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, that's what it looked like he said yeah. to me. So within that, yes, the Browns keep shooting themselves in the foot. I did not watch that full game. You know, I kept my eye on it, of course, on Sunday, so yeah. I don't know any more film takeaways from there. Um, I watched that play a lot. Yeah, you watched that play a lot. Yeah. But, you know, the Broncos they made a few plays on offense. Yep. They got a good defense still. And, you know, you give that team 14 free points or Noah Fant running down the middle of the field for a 70 yard touchdown, and then Cortland Sutton makes an awesome moss catch over Denzel yeah. Ward, you're going to be in a game with Denver because you're not going to score much more than 20 against the Denver Bronco defense. Right. We've hit that point of the show where I believe the we old man is We call Big here. Dad. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. You, uh, you got him on yet? Oh, what's up there, father? Well, I'm just listening to see if I can learn anything. Oh, well, yeah. you, you know it you can. It sounded sarcastic. You know no, you no, can. No, no, no. No, I learned something. You know, it's great. You know, people <laughs> get on me all the time, especially on Showtime, about this and that. And I go, they go, why you, why you want to argue about this? I said, because people listen to you on TV, radio, whatever it is, and they read the papers, yep. and they think that's the truth. Right. So I always, you know, I, I watch a lot and do a lot because I just go, that is just a total, total lot. Like I heard a guy the other day go, you know, nobody ever talks about the identity of the team. I'm the only guy that does it. Oh, my God. I wanted to call in and go, you are full of it. And your <laughs> idea of identity of a team is not even close either. But that's <laughs> – but, you know, just stuff. Just like Denver. You're right, Denver. They're a, who wants to play? They're a pain. Right. You know, they really are. Their defense plays like their hair's on fire. Yep. And, yes, they want to beat you. I mean, listen, the game got out of control for them this past weekend because it was 24, what was it, 24-19? Yes. So that was out of Vic Fangio's wheelhouse. But their defense was hustling. Uh, all that, they kind of played the way they wanted on offense. They got a little something different from Brandon Allen, just a little movement. And just, I don't know, it had a different feel to it. I don't know if I was looking at it differently because it was not Joe Flacco, but it worked well for him. 
and they they pulled out a victory. Yeah, they did. And they, you know, now, I heard you talking about Baker Mayfield. Yeah. yeah. Now, that whole sequence, that was an unusual – if I can remember back when they played the Rams. Right. I think Freddie Kitchens in that game, didn't he take um, uh, a fourth and nine instead of a third and 11 or something well, like no, that? Well, no, there was a sequence at, at the end of that game, you're exactly right, where they didn't accept the penalty – and it would have gave them an extra down in sacrifice of the yards, but I don't think it was on that exact play. No, but no, it might not have been in that that sequence. No. Yeah, it was. But a, yes, the yeah. draw play. You're right. I saw it. I saw his reaction on the sideline, and what gave it away was Freddie Kitchens' um, press conference, and he goes, "Just a bad call." I mean, you know, that's all he would say. You could just tell by his attitude and yeah, everything. He was just eating it for. Yeah, for the he sake was eating it team. for his quarterback, right, and uh, right. you know, so. That's what you do as a head coach. You know, not many do it, but he did it to, to keep the scrutiny, I guess, away from Baker Mayfield. Yep. We've got something for you today, Phil. All right. Uh-oh. You're yep. going to like this. What? Uh, some money? Cash? I've got in my hand Chris Sims' quarterback rankings. First time we've done this all season. Oh, yeah. I, right. I, I heard them this morning. <laughs> okay, well. I think, but I just didn't hear them all, so okay, go ahead. good, because we want you to react. We're going we're gonna to do this uh, with you together. So, this is the quarterbacks we're talking about, what they've done this year. Yes. Regardless of age or anything, none right. of that. It's just what you've done this year. And that right. was one of my questions, the criteria. This is it how is. they perform this year. It right? is. We're That's all, it. This is not a career achievement. Okay. It's not who I think is actually a better player. Right? Okay. Gotcha. I'm just talking about right now. Right now. Yes. I got it. Yes. Let's That's put it all you know, I'm not in the second grade. I got it. Yeah, no, it's not. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking <laughs> know, to everybody else. So, for everyone uh, watching at home, <coughs> you can see, for everyone listening, Russell Wilson won, Deshaun yes. Watson two, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson two. two. Okay. Aaron Rodgers is three, Patrick Mahomes four. Lamar Jackson five. Let's just let's, let's just start there. Start with the top five, Phil. Your reaction to what you just heard? Not going to argue. Um, I think Russell Wilson. You know, the, all that. The only thing I'd say about Patrick Mahomes is that you know he's been out for two and a half games. That was a tough one. I know. That's why so I, I, really... I would not have him in that top five because of that. Okay. And That's technicality. So, yeah, it was tough. That that was that yeah, was tough. Yeah, it is. You know, listen. Uh, you know. Boomer thinks so highly of him. Of course, he loves Patrick Mahomes. He had him as the, you know, the MVP here, you know, the halfway mark. And I go, whoa, I thought you had to play to win the MVP. But I understand where he was coming from. I really do. And, and, but, yes, I would not have had him in my top five just because there's so many quarterbacks that have played so well this year so far. And uh, it's, it's, we're in an unbelievable era of quarterbacks. And the last thing, not to interrupt it, but we're also in an era where if you have any capabilities at all, and if you're with a coach and, you know, whatever, that you can succeed as a backup. Teams don't fall apart. Right. And right. we're seeing so many times, well, basically almost every backup that's come in this year and played yeah. has done well. Right. You know, Bridgewater, so, Matt Moore. Yeah, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen, they're, they're, yeah. they're, I mean, I mean Brian Hoyer. Probably hadn't had two snaps the whole year with the first team offense in practice all these weeks. He comes in and throws three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. I know. They win the game if they make the kick. Right. And all of a sudden he's a hero. And now they go, well, we would have won that game if Jacoby would have got hurt. Well, okay, you should have won it with um, yeah, Brian Hoyer in yeah, there. So he right. he he did it. He, he showed himself well. 
And Chris Ballard, I don't know, you told me this, Chris, for somebody, whatever, just said, you just got to make sure never go in the season knowing that you now you got to do it more than ever. You better have two quarterbacks on your roster that you think you can win with. Definitely, yep. especially if you right, – Go ahead, keep, keep, yeah. keep on going. Well, I so I just want to make sure on the top five, you're cool with Lamar Jackson being the number five? Uh, yes. I, you know, I just – my first thought about Lamar Jackson is I really think he is an MVP candidate. Right. But just because it's um, – it came out of nowhere – and what he is doing is just something we've never seen. Would you have him higher, Phil? Would you have him higher than five? Well, you know, I'm not going to take Aaron Rodgers out of there. I think he's really played well and, and, and just pulled rabbits out of the hat for him a few times. I mean, come on, they beat the Dallas Cowboys. No other. You hear? Let me say this. No other quarterback in his situation in that game would have won the game. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun, none of them would have won the game because they couldn't have made the moves and made the throws that he made in that game. They And I know everybody goes, oh, they can. No, they can't. Aaron Rodgers can flip it with his wrist and his hand better than anybody in the league, and he's the, he has an, that extraordinary talent to himself except maybe one other guy. And I'll give you one guess, and if you get it, I'll be shocked. Matt Stafford. Okay, thank you. That was too easy. (laughs) (laughs) But Matt Stafford is that guy, and nobody – and I know they don't win, they don't go to the playoffs, but he's one of those guys that can be falling and his his right shoulder could be two inches off the ground, and he can still flick his wrist and throw one thirty yards and hit somebody on target. There's a second week in a row Dad has really praised Aaron Rodgers. They're going to start – because he said last week about the Kansas City game, he's like, no one in football wins that game unless Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Right, so there you go. Chris has Stafford at number six. I made him at Stafford six, Dad. All right, well, listen, I don't blame you. My gosh. It's phenomenal, I think it's the first time I've watched him this year where he got the ball – with on the last drive of the game against the Raiders, and I, you know, standing in front of our desk, going, "I wager, I'll take it. He's going to score. Who wants to bet against me? Come right, on, right? Because because I always say he's one of those guys with four downs to play that you can't stop him all four downs. And yeah. listen, the Raiders did it somewhat of a miracle. It was down to the wire, down near the end zone, all that stuff. But they did do it. But he threw the football. It was. He made phenomenal, phenomenal throws in the game. Right. I want to read and, six through ten for everybody who hasn't seen it yet, Phil. So six, Matthew Stafford, seven, Tom Brady, eight, Kirk Cousins, nine, Jacoby Brissett, and ten, Dak Prescott. Mm, you hear yeah. anything there that makes you say, yes, I'm proud of my son, or anything that was like, you know what, I, I don't really agree with that? Well, you know, th- th- what game has Tom Brady won for the Patriots this year? Yeah. Well, of course, that's the biggest pushback. So, I so guess. seven is too high. Well, of course, I know. How can you not take the six-time Super Bowl winner, eighteen-time Pro Bowl? We understand that, but right now they are not. They have not, in my eyes. I, mean, I can't remember every game off the top of my head, but I don't think they've ever said today is the day we need you to solely. You must win it because we can't do anything else. Right. And I have not seen that game. Really, that game might have been against the, the Baltimore the one Ravens. We just saw that was the first time all year. I think that was, that was probably asked. You're right, it, but that was not going to happen that night right. just because of everything else that was going on. Baltimore's offense, uh, pressure, some really blitzes that caught, which which was surprising. You got to admit, both of you. Yeah. yeah, you don't see many 
Tom Brady passes where they just get clear free runners coming right at the quarterback. And I will say this, too, just to show you what veteran quarterbacks do, that it's so great. He he just say, it's not there, boom, in the ground. You know, whatever, get rid of it. Great job of doing that, and we know that the numbers – it's kind of one number I actually look at, the throwaways. And I know Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers – if they're not one and two, they're probably in the top two or three, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Right. You're right. All right. But so you know, you, yeah. Hard you, to do these things yeah. because you always are looking at it and history is always in your mind. Right. And yeah, and people don't listen. You know, so uh, and when you're on the radio, they're listening to they're really when you watch a telecast, do you just really dig in and listen to the commentator? I do. Well, you do? Sure. Yeah, it, you do. I do, too. As a junkie of the business, but I, I get what you're saying. Most people probably... They just basically kind of all go along and then, oh, I don't know, you shouldn't have said that or whatever. It, it's But people don't really, truly listen. Right. And, and it's like casually listen. And every once in a while, something hits them, yep. you know, and that's, um, you know, well, that's just the way it is. So the, the, what I'm, my point being, when you make a list like this, people don't really listen to what you're saying and what the list means. They just see the the names and the order and go, oh, that's right. stupid, or this is right or wrong. Yeah, that's right. All right, so you, you're you good with me with Kirk Cousins, 8, Jacoby Brissett, 9, Dak Prescott, 10. I know there's a lot of people that are like, man, Dak Prescott should be ahead of Jacoby Brissett. Uh, and that was a tough one for me. But I, I basically came down to my determination there where – Really, the last five weeks, I don't think Dak Prescott has played phenomenal football. I think Jacoby Brissett has played some tougher defenses and played some really good football without T.Y. Hilton, without a Marlon Mack being 100%. Uh, so, yeah, I gave him the edge in a slight, uh, a slight win over Dak Prescott. But I know that's something I've gotten some pushback for, too. That's okay. Well, you know, because Dak Prescott's a Dallas Cowboy quarterback. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, no, I don't disagree at all. Dak, when you watch Jacoby present, he has done many things. He just doesn't get the attention. They don't show the highlights. I mean, come on, he wins the game against Denver because he breaks the tackle of Von Miller and makes an unbelievable throw, which I think you showed um, on TV or whatever. That was great. Uh, But he has played well, extremely good decision maker, has thrown under pressure, and he's come through in the clutch just about every time. Right. And, um, you know, they they run a very good offense. It's really well designed, but it's not overloaded with talent when we talk about the people who put their hands on the ball. Right, right. And so I think Jacoby has been outstanding, uh, big, more mobile than people give him credit for, accurate as can be, throw on the run, so I don't know what there's not to like. Sounds like Dak when I'm saying a lot of these things. Yeah, well, no, they're very but similar. But I think he's been yeah. more consistent as a quarterback than Dak Prescott. Yeah, that's that's all I want to say. I mean, you know, yeah. people are going to, you know, l- listen, I don't think Dak was that consistent the other night against New York. I mean, there was, there was throws there in that game that were there to be had. You know, the Eagles game before that, yeah, I know it was good, but let's not forget the Eagles defense was not even – the starters weren't even there. I mean, right. the whole secondary is decimated. He had people that we can't even know their names playing corner in that game. So I'm not going to go like, oh, my gosh, Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper diced up the fourth-best corner on the Eagles. Damn, he's good. Like, I'm just not going to do it. You know, the Jets game, 
Yeah, there was, there was, it wasn't all Dak Prescott, but there was some plays and moments there to be had too. The Green Bay Packers game, shit, he threw three interceptions. Mm-hmm. He was part of the reason they were in the hole 31 to three. Right. So yes. you can't, can't just always just go that. I mean, the Saints game, he threw an interception down the middle when they were in their own territory. Yeah, it could have been caught. It was a little off target. Um, the ball popped in the air, but it led to a Saints short field and them getting points. So mm-hmm. that's where, you know, it's nitpicky at this point. And I, so yeah, yeah I just, but it is, it it is. is. It, very much so. And, um, and all those points are extremely valid. Uh, yes, the Green Bay, it ended up he put up phenomenal numbers, if I think. But, yeah, the it was, was after up. the fact. But the after. competitive part of the game was over. <laughs> yeah, they're the fourth quarter stats that all smart veteran quarterbacks go, well, I can't win the game, but I'm going to put up some good numbers. <laughs> right, right. And you know, you think, and then I always, I, people laugh when I say that, I heard you, Paul, <laughs> but you know it to be true. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I have said this many times. When it's, I know my team is not going to win, if I was a head coach or the coordinator, I'd say to the quarterback, hey, look, listen, man, go out there, just take what they give you. Don't worry about the clock. We're not going to win the game, and let's don't add, let's don't throw any more fuel on the fire. Right. Because if you throw a Hail Mary because you're trying to score to intercept it, it's just another bad interception. Yeah, that's right. For Nobody's going right. to know. Remember, at the end of the year, the at the end of the road, they're going to go, well, you're QBR, and we're going to get into all that. Yes, yes, yes. And it's true. And if you don't. Coaches that don't do it, or a quarterback, young quarterbacks still go out there and fire away like, yeah, I'm going to score 40 points here in the fourth quarter. Of course, I'm exaggerating, but they just throw more stuff on it where, you know, everybody can go on the radio and go, well, he's hit last seven weeks, you know, whatever. So I am such a jerk, it's unbelievable. (laughs) But you know what? I am really good at it. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of practice. As, As Ray Lewis says to me every week, feel. Did you take your pills? (laughs) (laughs) Let's speak here at 11 through 16. I'll read the names here. 11, Carson Wentz, then Drew Brees, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyler Murray. I want to bring up Garoppolo there at 15. Too low, too high, Phil. What do you think? Well, maybe right where he should be. The last game was good by him. You know, again, um, you know, a lot of people have had big games against Arizona throwing the ball. So do we give him, you know, so it kind of goes into that again. But they needed him to win. That was true. He did make some terrific throws under pressure. Right. Best game of the year. That's to me his best attribute. He can be falling away. Yeah. And he can drop it down to about his waist and kind of sidearm flick it or whatever. Right. And still get it to targets. He did it about two or three times. One of them was really late into tight coverage. I mean, that was one where. You complete it, great play, and if it's intercepted or something like that, he gets absolutely crucified public-wise and by the coaches too. So that's that's just, hey, that's the way it is for an NFL quarterback in today's game. But, I'll, I'll say this with my that right there with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. I think if I was going to – because as I – you know, sometimes you don't really well, – There's always one that like, – Well, yeah, there, and you know me. I like to evaluate myself. Yeah. But as I started to talk it out even this morning with Florio and started to talk out it even more on the office and stuff like that, I, I do think that I probably shouldn't have had Jimmy Garoppolo in the top 16. You should or shouldn't I have? I shouldn't have. Really? I think I should have made Kyler Murray 15 and Jared Goff 16 and Garoppolo 17. Well, I mean, Matt Ryan it's at pick, 14 it's is picky. questionable. I, I think overall Kyler Murray has played better so far. Yes. You know, judging by circumstances right. you put in and what you've uh, – 
what you have done with it and all that, I would say Kyler Murray so far. But Yeah, no, I mean, I think you're exactly right. That's what I came to. I think I should have had Kyler Murray in front of him, Jared Goff 16, Garoppolo 17. I think that's if I had a redo, that would be my one little how much switch. Have you br- how much have you brought up Carson Wentz after the last couple of weeks? And, and he's well, rated 11. He's 11 here on this, which was another tough one because you're right, circumstances are tough there too. Uh, but why? What's your point there? Well, my point is he's just – he he's, just said, hey, I'm going to be the man, and he's carrying the team. Yeah. I mean, up in Buffalo, I don't know what his numbers were. They weren't great, but he was fantastic. Yeah. Right. And a horrible day to throw the ball, too. Yeah, really windy. Yeah. Right. Oh, but, that, no, it's just, but it was the way he carried himself, the way he played the game, the way he managed it, the win. He ran, got tough yards. Yes, he, he did. did. This. He made a couple – into the wind, just okay. I got it. I'm gonna throw it through the wind, smoking yep. balls, and he did it. Uh, really impressive. And even last week, um, shoot, I'm trying to think. The Bears oh, he played game. the Bears. Yep. Yeah, he kind of played the same game. And I got to tell you, I love it when I watch him play that way. I think it fits the team. Yep. And please, Philadelphia. I don't know why I'm saying I don't care, but. <laughs> I'd love to see them play that way more. Right. Because that's who they are. They're mm-hmm. maulers. Right. Run and the ball. Play action. Let him right. set up. Make big throws. If he scrambles, he gets 9 or 10 yards. Energizes the team. Things like that. I mean, that, that's to me what they were doing the year they won the Super Bowl when he was about to be the MVP. Right. Right. Well, I think he still should have been the MVP, but that's, you know, everybody gets mad about that too. But that's just me. What he what he missed the last three games of the year? I think just two. Uh, yeah, two? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, to me, it was not, wasn't even close. He was the MVP before that. So why was what, missing a couple games taken away from yeah, him? Yeah, at so. the end of the year, that really meant nothing to them as a team, too. That's the, I mean, I know. No, you're right. I, I don't. Get I love that all either. these arguments because you know they were crying, and I even had people who don't even are not even Eagle fans. Oh, I think they should play Nate Sudfeld. And I said, Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Sure. Okay. Right. Well, it's you just know, it's it, the, it just goes to show you how fickle all this is about course. quarterbacks because it's so much. It's it's what we see. All the guys that are pushed on TV, the ones that nobody cares about until they screw up. <laughs> and, of course, fantasy football has a lot to do with it, too. That, that's exactly right. right. All right. You the man. We're done with you. I have no more use for you. Wow. <laughs> really? That's it? And, you know, listen, I had a birthday on Sunday. And I, I, Christopher. Did Chris call? Of all the gifts that I've gotten it for my birthdays, which has not been many because, you know, we didn't celebrate it in my family. Yeah. Uh, oh, today's your birthday? All right, boys, take him in the backyard and spank him, beat him up, whatever. <laughs> we, got, we got you a gift. So Danielle has something. We just haven't seen you yet. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. Okay. Your wife, yeah. your wife got my it? My wife you takes it. Well, my wife, like, usually she picks it out and goes, what do you think? Should I get this for yeah. your dad? She'll give me, like, uh-huh. two options. Yeah. And then yeah. I just okay. go, yeah, Did like Chris that. call you? Did he call you on your birthday? No, he didn't do crap. I texted you. No, oh, that. he did. Oh, the modern age. He Partial texted crap. me. Right, he texted Hey, Dad, happy birthday, you yeah. old effer. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, yeah. son. Yeah. Happy hey, birthday, you know Phil. It's good. It's good. It's 68. I'm doing well, so thanks. Yeah. Damn well. Okay. See you, Paul. All right, Dad. See you, man. Yeah, <laughs> hey, call your dad on his birthday. He, it was a busy day. I was here on Sunday Night Football. Okay, you call. And I know you're Quick. right. I could have called. I yeah. could have called. I should have called. I meant to call. Yeah. But what happens is I get done with Sunday Night Football. I go home. Right. I get behind in the game. 
right? Because I have it recorded. Yeah. So then I'm trying to play like catch up and I don't want to get on the phone because I'm afraid he's going to tell me what's going on because I'm 40 <laughs> minutes behind, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's why I didn't call. And then it got to the end of the night. And I went, oh, shit, I forgot to call my yeah. dad. And it was too late. And I yeah. felt bad. But of all fucking people to talk, it can't be him. Does he call you on your birthday? What? No. What? Come on. What? Ever? He fucking is the worst. <laughs> The worst of all time. Does he know when your birthday is? Yeah, yes. I Yes, he might. He, he'll know the general When vicinity. was the last time he acknowledged it? Uh, At what age? Gosh. I, he, if he acknowledged it, it's only because my mom goes, hey, you should call your son. It's his birthday today. And he'll call me. Oh, hey, 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 don't, hey. I just want to say happy birthday. All right. All right. Yep. Yep. Have a good night. All right. See ya. It's a heartfelt. He's fucking full of all people to be worried about the birthday as him. It's him. Yeah, shut well, his ass up. All right, we shut his ass up. Get him out of okay. here. We got some Twitter reaction, I think. Twitter reaction. Right? So First of all, let's talk about that. From what I understand, the most reaction on Twitter was that Philip Rivers was not at the top 16. I, I hear you. I get it. He's really good. I don't think he's played to the class of these guys what, right here. Was it difficult to not include him, or was it like, you know what? He doesn't deserve no, it. No, he was in that last group of guys where it was like Garoppolo, him, Jared Goff, where I was kind of like, ugh, what do I do here? And I just went, you know what? He hasn't made as many plays as those two this year. I just, yeah. I went back into it and just went, no, I don't think he's played to that level. It's still been good. You can right. still win with with Philip Rivers. I don't mean but it that way. N- but not in the top half of the league. I, I, I no, I can't All say right. he is right now. I can't. You know, just uh, no. It's, Rich, Rich Myron says right? you forgot the guy who leads the NFL in passing yards. Yeah. Okay. Had at least five touchdowns dropped by wide receivers. May or may not be true. Yeah. And is a future Hall of Famer who just pulled off a huge upset. Well, he, he is. And, you know, great. He, he, they, pulled off the, they didn't pull off the upset because of him. Mm-hmm. All right? So let's just start right there. They pulled off the upset because their defense played really well and stopped the offense. I mean, it was six to nothing for most of the game. So it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, Phillip Rivers is tearing the shit out of the Green Bay Packers. And he threw two interceptions in the mm-hmm. game where if he doesn't throw that, they're gonna, it's going to be probably a landslide victory so again he's still good don't get me wrong but there's physical limitations at this point of his career you can sit on some of his passing as far as intermediate to short passes because he doesn't beat you over the top anymore I don't like to do this I mean he's a legend (laughs) I don't enjoy I I don't not having him I always I I don't because I really like Philip Rivers he plays with the type of attitude that I would want to play with yeah I admire him there and I do think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback I'm just pressing your buttons yeah, go, please do. It's buttons. just a tough one. Okay. It was a tough one. That really right. was. This headline is Lamar Jackson too low with a question mark. You have Lamar Jackson at five. Gigi says, did you think about putting Lamar Jackson above Patrick Mahomes, who you have at number four? Right. Mahomes hasn't even played the last couple of games and has been a bit hobbled, and Lamar Jackson has been awesome, was excellent against the Patriots. Yeah, I, I, I can't say that I thought about it. I feel like my four, my four are – the the four in front, I feel like, are... Wilson, Watson, Rodgers, Mahomes. Yes, are just a notch above for me right now. I love Lamar Jackson. I do think he's an MVP candidate. There's no doubt about it. I think that Wilson and Watson are in their own little special class as of right now. I'm and surprised then you have Watson ahead of Rodgers, actually. Yeah, but Watson has played so phenomenal lately. I just, I couldn't, it was a tough one. That mm-hmm. was really tough. But Watson's been pulling like rabbits out of his yeah, ass too, to what right. I, to what my dad says too, to where it was hard for me to 
turn it down. Again, you know, on a grading scale and all of those things. Like, Watson does things where I don't think the grading scale is, can grade it. You know, when nobody's open and the protection breaks down and he breaks four tackles and then throws a completion for 25 yards, mm-hmm. what's the grade on that? We can't just put one plus there. They just can't be just like, oh, that was, that was a good play. There needs to be like nine pluses for that play. And that's to me where I get into this grading thing sometimes because I've heard people come at me today with, hey, PFF has Jimmy Garoppolo as one of the top three quarterbacks in football. That's fucking insane. There's no other way I can say it. I'm not going to give a guy a great grade for – for Kyle Shanahan designing a play where, whoa, the guy's wide open in the middle of the field and the quarterback from Greenwich High School over here would hit it. I'm not going to go, man, Jimmy Garoppolo is doing special stuff out here. No, that's not what quarterback play is about. That's being lucky to be with one of the best play callers in the sport. That's where the grading scale doesn't tell everything all the time. So sorry. No, that's good. That's what this is for, for you, you to react like that. You mentioned PFF. Yeah. Okay. Right. In reaction to Jacoby Brissett being ranked number nine. Sure. You talked about it with your dad. This yep. headline is, shocker, PFF thinks they know better. Sam Munson says, Brissett over Dak, Wentz, and Breeze is insanity. Yeah. Well, so is he, they have Flacco and jo- Dalton in front of Brissett. So that's insanity to go with the two. I don't know what they do in their grading scale. But what's your best defense for having Brissett at nine? Well, you, he's played better defenses. He's played more consistent He's made more big-time plays at the end of football games to help them win, mm-hmm. okay? I think the competition he's played, like I said, has been better. I mean, the Cowboys, you know, they played the Saints. That's the only good defense they played the whole year. They haven't played another good defense. So I'm not going to, like, go, oh, my gosh, Amari Cooper wide open down the sidelines. Nope. Whoa, Dak Prescott, he's the only guy in football that could have thrown that one. No, that's just not where I go. It doesn't sound like you struggled having him nine and Dak ten. Well, it was close because I think a lot of Dak Prescott, but I mm-hmm. do think Jacoby Brissett has outplayed him to this point this year with all of those things I talk about. Plus, T.Y. Hilton hasn't really been out there for five weeks. Right. Marlon Mack has been dealing with a high ankle sprain, and he's not been, like, special at the running back position. So he's doing it with Zach Pascal and Chester Rogers and company, too, where I go, yeah. And, you know, people are always going to look at, like, you know, again, like the Colts, they, they play to win the game, too, so his stats weren't sexy against the Chiefs. Well, they knew the only way they are going to beat the Chiefs is they ran the ball and kept Mahomes and company off the field, so that didn't lend itself to a great night for him. Yeah. But he made the throws that are appropriate during the game and at the right time for them to win that game, ultimately. But, yeah, I just think he's been a little more consistent than a Dak Prescott, right. who's gotten a little loose with the football at times during their three-game losing streak. All right. Yep. Makes sense to me. Yep. This is from Sad Browns fan, which doesn't really uh. distinguish him from other <laughs> Browns fans. Aren't they all sad at this point? Sad Browns fan, uh, yeah. Aiden Canavos says, yeah. can you tell me how far down the list Baker is so I can continue to have a terrible week? Damn. It, he, it, he didn't show up in the top 16. No, he, he wasn't even a thought either. I could just tell he you. He has that. been part of the show as, as a late poor decision <laughs> yeah. early, early right. when we were talking about right. missed fourth and four. So. You know, realistically – I don't think he's, like, a whole lot farther down there. Um, Preseason, you had him 17. Three, yep. Yeah. And I would say he's probably a little lower than that at that point. You know, I'm just trying to look at some other names just to make sure. Does he sure. break 20? Yeah, he'd be right in that 20 range, 19, 20, 21. You know, I look at a guy like Jameis Winston. I think that's in that conversation. Josh Allen is there. and that, that's, they're you all had Josh that. Allen ahead of 
They're in that. Yeah, I would have Josh Allen in front of ahead of him right now. Yes, I would. Uh, Browns have only won two games, right? I, yes, so, right. I mean, and they've maybe, lost games because of Baker Mayfield. Maybe lower than 20. Maybe. As I sit here and look at it, I start to go, ooh, yeah, it might be lower than that. But, you know, I mean, gosh, the way Teddy Bridgewater played up to yeah. that, I mean, there's still a few guys in there that sneak in. And you go, oh, they've played pretty decent football. Uh, but, yeah, I would say it's somewhere between that 18 and 22 range, realistically, probably okay. in there. Yeah, maybe, maybe a maybe – a, a tick lower. Maybe lower than that. Maybe. So it might sad be. Browns fan next week is going to be sorry, miserable. Sorry, sad Browns, Browns fan. fan. You know, I find yeah. myself rooting for the Browns. I don't it's, want it's, them to tank. Yeah, it's easy to. I like those guys. Yeah. Right? I don't think they're handling themselves the perfect way. I enjoy watching Baker Mayfield I play. I do, too. I really right. do. I yeah. do, too. I think he's just trying to do too much. He's dealing with superstardom. Listen, we can't all put ourselves in the shoes of what these guys are dealing with. I mean, it's, none of us have been a Heisman Trophy winner, first pick of the draft, right. awesome rookie year, expectations on, you know, new coach. It's hard to put yourself in those shoes. It's it's well, a take lot a team that hasn't looks. been relevant. All exactly. of a sudden, it has expectations. And he made of being them the very relevant, and he's yeah. the one that gave us that right. confidence. So, you know, uh, it, it's not easy. And I, I do. This is a young kid still, and he's he's finding his way in the NFL and in life. And you still haven't ranked in the bottom quarter, though. Just, <laughs> Thank just you. To, Thank you very much. Just to remind. Any All other right. Twitter reactions? We good with well, Twitter? Well, I mean, there's there's others, but I mean. Yeah. Any other good ones you like out there? There were there were a number of comments about Drew Brees being at 12, and that's okay. He's played two games in a well, quarter. That's what I wanted to ask. Right. That was, However, yeah. Patrick Mahomes hasn't played for quite a while. You haven't. Well, four. he's missed two games. He didn't. Drew Brees has only played two games. Okay. So there's a difference there. Played really well last week. He played really yeah. well. You know, I would say, listen, if he continues to play like that, yeah, he could be up from there a little bit. But again, so Brees had been healthy the whole season. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. That's very <laughs> tough. Let me just say this: like, they looked really good. Yeah. When Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback, really good. Yep. they were still one of the best yep. teams in football. So let's like stop putting all these quarterbacks on a pedestal. Like, oh, they can only win if that guy's yeah. in a quarterback. No. no that- they're good. Prove me wrong. They, right. They have players. They got a good system. The things Dad talked about that can help any quarterback out, let alone a legend like Drew Brees. Okay. The uh, sideline statsman about Drew, and then we'll move on. Yeah. I really like this list, but I'm curious why Brees is lower than Wentz. Barely lower. Yeah. Wentz 11, low. Brees right. 12. Right. So um, yeah. does it have to do with the injury sidelining him? It does. Yes, it does. It has very much to do with the injury sideline. And, and, again, that. don't be fooled by Wentz and that, too. I mean, it's, they don't have a lot of help on that team for him. As your dad said, like the quarterback play is yeah. so good right now. There's yeah. a lot of ways to measure that. There Listen is. Listen to you two guys and spend the kind of time I do. Yeah. The fact that you have Wentz 11 yeah. goes to show how strong the top ten is because I know you like that guy. I do. Lot. I'm a big fan of Carson Wentz. Right. I really am. He's, he is a baller. What's Peter King up to? Oh, good old Peter King. I'm yeah. sure he's talking or writing something because right? that's what he does. The Peter King podcast. If you read Peter's Can't Miss Football Morning in America column uh, this week, you know he was in the Ravens locker room Sunday night. Damn, see, that's the Peter King. Right? I mean, Peter King gets access that just really the rest of us don't, okay? Right. I mean, Peter King w- did an interview with me when I was walking off the field in New England. That's when I knew I made it. I there was were like, two, damn. two guys for any of right. us who've been out like covering games. Right. If Peter's there, you're like, okay, yeah. I'll try and go next. Yes. The, the other one is Sal Pal. Yeah, Sal Pal, you're right. Yeah. He's like, like they, they, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll wait. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll bow to you because yeah. you're the man. Right, no doubt about it. Um, well, today's podcast has more of his conversation with John Har- Harbaugh after that big win. He also speaks with Packers running back Aaron Jones about playing with 
Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Download and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Peter King Podcast. It's worth the listen. He's smart. He knows everybody. He gets great interviews. Uh, and he's a funny quirky, dude, funny, funny old guy. He is. Yes, he is. I have fun with Peter. His <laughs> laugh makes me laugh just in general when he belts it out. All right. We digress. Get back to what the fuck happened. Yep. Let's get back to All it. Right. Steelers Colts. Yep. Pick it up, Indy up 10-3, late second quarter. Oh. Looks like Indy's going to really kind of move ahead with Hoyer and put this one out of reach. At it least, does. You know, give some nice cushion. Right. Pick six, Fitzpatrick picks it off near the end zone, runs it back. Yes. Uh, wondering here to, to dive in. Right. To start with, great play by Fitzpatrick or bad play by Hoyer? Oh, I think a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, so here's the play. Um... It's basically okay in like in New England terms, that would be gun two out slot, ride 134 all go. Yep. Okay, that's what they ran. In the West Coast terms, it would have been double wing right close. Double wing right close. Let me see what this one would have been. It might have been fake 90 fake 92 something. All go, all right? So that's, that's basically what it was. But it was four verticals mm-hmm. to make it simple yep. for everybody. And to With the right. a little right, play action to the back. A little play action yep. to the back. The back is to the left side of Hoyer. He's got two receivers to his left in normal formation. He's got a tight end to his right, and he's got a, a receiver there who's close to the tight end. That's why I said that double wing right close or and whatever. they're playing man free? They're playing man free. Exactly right. And there might have been even three deep, really. Uh, I believe it was a three deep coverage. I thought the corners were manned up. The, the corner tried to steal the inside it was it was i'm pretty sure it was cover three but cover three with match principles can really look a lot like man-to-man the reason i'll say it was cover three Mm -hmm. is because the back was towards the sideline of the corner so he's keeping his eyes on the quarterback and the picture in front of him but cover three in a lot of teams systems plays a lot like man so you're i mean you're not wrong and i could be wrong as to this play though the most important part is fitzpatrick is playing center field fitzpatrick is playing center field and if you're brian hoyer in shotgun fitzpatrick is actually not straight ahead at you he's slightly cheated towards the two receivers to the left to the left he comes out of the play action and really the mistake of it is what he does after the play action he throws a good ball um, but he stares down Doyle the whole time. He never comes out of the play action and makes Minka Fitzpatrick just pause for a second mm-hmm. or just stop in his tracks. You know, if he made a look towards the left, I think he throws a touchdown here, and it's no doubt. Like, it's bam, okay, they're going in 17-3, to and watch out, Steelers are in deep shit. Mm-hmm. But he comes out of that play action fast, a fake, and never takes his eyes off Doyle. Yeah. And Fitz, Fitz, Minka Fitzpatrick, who's been phenomenal for the Steelers yes. because he's playing the right position, and he has great feel and instincts and things like that that make him special – he was tuned in. He watched the play-action fake. He's all over the eyes of Hoyer. Hoyer's eyes went to the right. He followed him over there, and as he's running over there, he sees, whoa, it's vertical routes, and, whoa, the guy's about to throw it to the guy I'm running to, and he goes up and snags it and picks six and changed the whole game from that right. standpoint. And he's in, he's in a perfect position. Uh, you picture whether it's cover three or man free. He has the middle of the field. He has the he's middle of the field. He's playing center field. And, yes. and when you line up on the goal line, 
you don't have to worry about what's behind you That's so much. That's the beauty of that so play. So you can truly just stand right there and read the quarterback's eyes. Exactly right. Nothing's really going over the top. Either. Nothing's going over the top. You're right. And then, see, this is why I say it's zone, just so you can see it one more time, which makes it look – it looks very much like man. Radio play-by-play. Play. So here's we go. Yep, so here we are. That double wing right close. Here's the play-action fake. The inside linebacker. See how they're dropping to areas? Yep. So that's a zone coverage there. And, and, the, and Joe Hayden – oops. Joe Hayden, who's on the outside – He's playing what you would call like they, he tries to steal the seams. So he's going with the outside vertical route, right? But as he sees the eyes of the quarterback go to the seam and Doyle, see, he's inside, but he knows I don't have to worry about the outside breaking route because my underneath nickelback will get underneath the comeback route or anything like that. So he's almost midpointing the two seams mm-hmm. to where he wants to steal it. But look at Minka Fitzpatrick in the middle of the field. Right from the snap, his body motion goes that way towards Doyle. And then Hoyer does nothing ever again to really slow him down and stop him, right? Hoyer didn't help with his eyes. Take it back to the snap. Yeah. Take it back to the snap. Right. And I don't know the receiver's name on the far left, but if you stop it, they're on the right hash. Yes. Moving left to right. And they have a seam route coming from the other side as well. Right. That if it is an inside seam. It's Chester he, Rogers okay. there, number 80, yes. Chester Rogers yes. out of Grambling. I right. remember him in the, in the Bayou Classic. Yep. But he starts inside the numbers, and he didn't get to the seam where he broke it to he the end zone. Until he, was, he got funneled outside. He got funneled outside. So Hoyer didn't help with his eyes. Yes. But his other slot receiver, who was supposed to run a seam, did right. not affect Fitzpatrick at all. At all. He didn't have to worry about him all because no. of how wide he got. No, and then this is where like you'd like an like, experienced guy like Julian Edelman mm-hmm. or a really good like polished guy here would have like gone at the outside edge of that guy who's going to push him wide and then snuck up inside because then it would have put the pressure on him. He would have saw him and maybe that slows him down right. to a degree. But you know, you have to be aware on these plays with Brian Hoyer what the safety's intentions are and you have to play off that. Like, yeah. And again, listen, I'm not sitting here trying to say I was anything special but my experience with things like this if the safety's going that way already yeah let him go that way I would have stared down Doyle and just made him go over there and then came back and patted the ball and even though Chester Rogers was wide and not on his landmark you had all that grass there where I'm just gonna go okay Minka's out of that now I stared his ass all the way off the field here and now there's this huge hole there to where okay I got all this area to throw Chester Rogers a football but again it's a tough situation. Hoyer played phenomenal. I this was really well, like yeah. his only mistake of the football game. Mm-hmm. And the Colts, long story short, they beat the Steelers 9 out of 10 times. This play right here, they get a safety later on, and Chester Rogers, oddly enough, fumbles yeah. the kick return that you get after the safety that gave the short field to the, the, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, those plays alone, let alone their field goal kicker just being on fire for the day, yeah. won the game for them. And a- that's what happened. As for Minka Fitzpatrick, yeah. I mean, I don't want to give too much credit to one player. Yeah. However, you can't ignore the fact the Steelers' defense, uh, th- their improvement, not just w- with the team winning games, but right. they're creating disruptive plays, they're creating turnovers, they're coming up with sacks, directly coincides with Minka Fitzpatrick showing up after that trade. It definitely does. What's the role he's playing? What, what should we know about what he's adding? Yeah. Uh, the, the 
the part he's played in that defense playing so much better as soon as he got there. Well, he's a ball hawking say He's got great feel in the pass game. And he's disciplined. He understands what the offenses are trying to do. So he really is good job of never letting anybody beat him deep or do anything like that. So when you see a deep post down the middle of the field, we always see Minka Fitzpatrick there like, oh, gosh, he almost picked it off. Or the ball got tipped in the air and Minka almost caught it. Like, so he's rarely out of position because he does have great feel and instincts that way. He helps in the running game, even as a free safety. You know, He's not a guy that's like strong safety up in the box. But because, again, he's smart and can diagnose plays pretty quickly, he will – and I don't, he's not over-aggressive. Mm-hmm. He kind of shoots his gun right at the right moment to go, oh, okay, it's not play action. Let me get down there and be an extra body in the run game. So now if the running back does break through, maybe before he would have broke through and gone, whoa, there's another 30 yards, he's there to stop it for a six- or seven-yard game instead. He's very good at, like, tackling in spakes. Not that he's a big hitter, but he'll get you down. And then he can match up with tight ends and people like that to help in the pass game too. So he's really – this is his position. This is something I I really preached about – you know, because Alabama used him so many different mm-hmm. ways. He played corner and nickel majority of the time. I never thought he was fast enough to play corner. He is a, to me, a nickel in certain situations or that ball hawking free safety because he just understands how to play football and he's just a good football player. Right. He's not going to wow you always with like, oh gosh, he's so explosive and so fast. He kind of just does everything really good and maybe nothing great, if that makes sense. Right. I think he's got four picks. Yeah. Picks in the six games that he's played in. Yeah, that's pretty fucking awesome last time I checked. Packers, Chargers. Yeah. Got a place I want to start here. Packers will likely be – they'll look back no matter where they go in January. Don't go. They're going to look back and say this is our worst game. Yes. So what's the lesson that should be learned by the Green Bay coaches and players in offense? Right. And for the rest of the teams, defensively, they're going to line up and play against the Packers. What yeah. can they learn yeah. from what the Chargers Well, did? I think the first thing is you don't have Joey Bosa and, and Melvin Ingram, so you're not going to be able to do some of the things that they did. I mean, they whooped ass. I've never seen – I, I got to say, maybe in the last two years, I haven't seen the two tackles for the Packers or really the majority of their offensive linemen get beat in pass protection the way they did in that game. Were they beat physically a lot, one-on-one? Yes. Were they confused and went the wrong way? No, that's, that's the thing. It was not confusion. It was more like, hey, we got Melvin Ingram and Bosa on the same oh. side, and we got a one-on-one with Billy Turner and Melvin Ingram, and then Balaga's got Joey Bosa, and oh, shit. Billy Turner's one-on-one with Melvin Ingram? Oh, crap. You know, we can't double both of these guys. What do we do? And and then they might stand a guy in the line of scrimmage on the other side to where the center can't go over there to help those two guys out. So they did little things like that just to make sure they got one-on-ones. And they're phenomenal. It's the program. Yeah. I mean, Joey Bosa, the the bro, the ultimate bro, that's what he's, the bro. He's such a bro. (laughs) And then Melvin Ingram is like, I mean, he's a sledgehammer. So, so there wasn't much schematically that other teams can be like, yes. No, we're because gonna do that. it's Seattle's scheme. They were able to consistently drop seven into coverage all game because, man, our pass rush is getting home. Mm-hmm. And Ingram and Bosa gave Bakatiari and Balaga their money's worth more than any two I can remember in recent history. Yeah. I mean, they really – it was a straight-up butt-whooping across the board. I do think that the Packers got away from what's made them a little bit. Play-action pass did not really exist. They didn't really give any credence to the run game in general. I mean, there just was no, no. Uh, what do I want to say? 
patience or fortitude to stay with it a little bit. It was six to nothing, and like if you didn't look at the score, I would have gone, "Are they down twenty-one nothing? Like mm-hmm. why are they in the shotgun every play again? Here we go! Like what are they doing? You know?" So that 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 to me more than not was a big issue. Hey, Devonte Adams being back, you know, I don't think he's totally a hundred percent. I think Aaron Rodgers a few times was over aggressive. And when I say over-aggressive, like, he took the one-on-one deep shot where I want to go, ooh, if he just played the three-man concept here to the right, they might have got a first down on third and eight. But he went for the jugular to, like, a Kumaro down the middle and threw a 50-yard post where the guy just misses it. Just a few of those plays in a tight football game that matter. And you also have written down in your notes here, yeah. not a lot open for the Packers there pass game. There was not either. a lot open in the Packers pass game. You know, I'm not, like... Their drop-back pass game is good, but I don't sit there again and just go, oh, my gosh, this is like, you know, Sean Payton and the Saints or, or you know, Josh McDaniels or any of those guys. It's not right. that creative. It's got all the staples you want, and then Rodgers' talent kind of takes it over the top. Um, so there, there is that issue. But I'll tell you the other thing. Our man Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame, yeah. he pops. Because he's a, you, we know he's a, he's a son of a bitch in the inside pass rushing and stuff. So he's come along and got used to life in the NFL. So they have like three difference makers right now going a little bit there. Yeah. And yeah, the the Chargers. It was one of those games where you turned it on right away and you went, hmm. The Chargers look like they're playing in fast forward. Playing a different pace. Yeah. yeah. And the the Packers are playing like you know just at normal speed. It didn't look right from the get go. There was an intensity. Uh, issue there. So this is just to uh, to kind of reiterate and put a yeah. tag on something I already asked, just in a different way. Not so much a blueprint for other defenses for what to do against Green Bay as it was an ass kicking by pretty good personnel. It was an ass kicking by pretty good personnel, and I would say I just didn't see some of the good game plan design. Like I wrote three things down that bothered me about the game. The pass pro one. Yep. They were very simple. Like. The one thing I've loved is they've had a wrinkle or two in the drop-back pass game in every game, and they've had a few new ways to run our play-action passes mm-hmm. that we've talked about a lot. That didn't exist in this game for some reason, and I don't understand that. Because to me, and then there was no screens. Right? Those are the things you do to stop people like Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. That's right. what you do. That's what, like, if New England was playing, those teams, they'd go, hey, we got to slow down this pass rush. Let's run the ball so they have to defend the run and worry about that. Yeah. Let's run screens so they can fly upfield and we'll take, care of, uh, take advantage of that. And then let's run the play action too so they have to go, oh, wait, it's a run. Oh, let me restart. It's a pass. Let me try to pass rush down. That's what, like, a smart – that's to me what a smart game planner would do to, to the Chargers. And – I don't know what happened out there, but Green Bay just had a lull, not only with their play, coaching, play design, it happens. You're right. It's a long season. It's the NFL. As long as it's not the beginning of something. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm not ready to say that that. yet, but we'll see. If that filters into this week and we see them lay an egg against the Carolina Panthers, then then maybe we, we, we will be a little concerned. You know what it says next year on my list here? What? Goodbye. Goodbye, motherfuckers. That's it? You didn't say that. No, but, yeah. Well, that's, say goodbye. That's me. That's Subscribe, it. Subscribe, rate, review, all Subscribe, those things. Subscribe, rate, review. Hope everybody enjoyed it. I'm glad Big Phil got to come on and talk about the – uh, nice of him. Yeah, that he, was good. Because he was playing granddad. He was playing granddad with uh, yeah. my little my little nephew, Patrick, who's as cute as a button. Uh, I bet he calls him on his birthday. <laughs> Not that he has a phone. Yeah. Probably he, goes to his house. Yeah, he, oh, he's, he's always at his house. I can tell you that. He's yeah. at his house. Gets him a nice gift, too. John McDonald. Right? Yeah. Probably gets him exactly what he wants. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, just keep rubbing it in. <laughs>
You're gonna keep rubbing it in, you asshole. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's all right. It. That's Thank all it says. You. That's it. We're done. Yeah. We have no more use for you people. Week ten at home. picks tomorrow. You and Mike. Me and Mike. PFTPM. Chris Sims unbutton collaboration. I'm pretty sure Mike beat me in my picks last week. I did not have a good week. Mm, I mean, week. not a good week. You and the Packers. Oh my gosh, it was bad week. Like yeah. I'm really scared to see what my. You got your ass kicked up. Right. Well, the I could tell you. Want to know my record right off the bat? Okay, I got the 49ers right. I picked the Jaguars to upset the Texans, mm. so I'm one and one. Mm-hmm. I picked the Bills, two and one. I picked the Titans, two and two. I picked the Vikings, two and three. I picked the Jets to beat the Dolphins, two and four. I got the Eagles, so that's three and four. I picked the Colts to win over the Steelers, three and five. <laughs> I did pick the Raiders, four and five. You at six, six and eight, eight. Dude. Thank you. All six right. Good night. Eight. I'm out of here. Peace. Chris Sims, up button. Check your, in your next time. Your first round pick is in the Peace. 20s. I'm out of yeah. here. Bye.